0: Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, current events, local, world news, and trending. I'm your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. Welcome to the show, Sunday, March the 28th at 11 a.m. Thank you for joining. Good morning to everybody around the world or afternoon or evening. Thank you for joining me, Eric. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. So I hope everybody enjoyed my episode last night. I thought it went pretty well. Um, That was my 202nd episode here on the Truckers Podcast. And 15 months into it, And I feel that it's going strong and it's something that I really enjoy doing. Now, this morning, I want to come out here and talk to you about where is Canada now in its rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine? You know, because at the beginning, uh, when the vaccine started to arrive um, here in Canada, we had that setback because Pfizer needed to upgrade a facility in Europe in order to help meet the demands. And, you know, so it sort of became a, a nightmare logistically, you know, um, it wasn't good, but you got to think for a moment that, you know, in order for a pharmaceutical to be able to produce and ship in large quantity, quantities for a mass inoculation that the world has not seen in over a hundred years. Now, so far here in Canada, 1.4 million doses, more doses of the COVID-19 vaccine over the last week, according to the latest data from Health Canada. Now this new inhalation now bringing the country's total number of vaccines administered to just over 4.8 million. As of Friday. That's up from last week's daily tally of 3,000 uh, or 3.448 uh, doses million doses as of March 20th. Now. Our government here, the federal government, our prime minister said that he would like to have. Most, if not all, Canadians vaccinated by September of this year. Canada now vaccinating over 100K per day. You know, here is what it will take to hit that September target. So over the last week, Canada has ramped up its COVID-19 vaccine rollout, administering more than 100,000 doses per day. This is a great start, but more needs to be done if the federal government wants to achieve its goal of having most Canadians vaccinated by September. it's not even remotely fast enough now with the vaccines coming in and the in, in the numbers that the government is expecting and then distributed them across the provinces and territories um, our premier here in ontario has has grown frustrated um, with the efforts from the federal government and he is just finding it just profound and inexcusable of how the government is handling the vaccine. Now Canada has a population of about 37.7 million people and approximately 31.5 million million of whom are over the age of 16 and eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, as of um, this was last Sunday, so as of last Sunday evening, the country had administered almost 4 million shots after a daily record of 132,517 doses were injected that day. Now, the numbers have been steadily increasing, but at a rate of 100,000 vaccinations per day, assuming each vaccination was the person's first dose. It would take Canada around 10 months to achieve herd immunity levels. So we wouldn't make that September mark. We'd be be going beyond that. We would be going into November, potentially December. And based on those numbers, if the federal government expected to achieve its vaccine targets by September, it would have to administer around 400,000 shots per day. And he thinks that the number he describes is achievable. Now, that's if the vaccines are coming in the quantities the government has ordered them in. You know, because even right now with the Pfizer and Moderna, these are the two vaccines that require two shots. So what they did, they obviously, I mean, they took care of um, the, the uh, retirement homes and um, the nursing homes and the staff and medical and all those things. So everybody got their first and second shots. And then they changed it up and said, okay, For the Moderna and the Pfizer, people will get their first shot and then we're going to extend it 16 weeks for their second shot. This is to get as many needles in the arms as we possibly can. And at some point, we'll start involving primary care physicians and pharmacies on a scale that will allow for a lot faster vaccination, which is what should have been done in the first place. We should have had the pharmacies on board right from the get go. But slowly, snail pace, trying to make these decisions on when they were gonna do this. And there's also other variables at play here. For every single person in Canada to be administered both their first and second shots of the vaccine, the federal government would need 75% 0.4 million doses however not everybody wants one nor is everybody eligible if just 79% of canadians wanted the covid-19 vaccine the number of doses needed per day for people aged 16 and older would drop to roughly 280,000. This individual goes on to say, he can't say with certainty whether Canada has the infrastructure to ramp up vaccines to that level, but I don't see why not. We have large, small, medium, facilities, all across every single city. Town, territories. To ramp things up in order to at least get that first shot. Now we have Johnson & Johnson as well and the others coming as well. The ones that, you know, for Johnson and Johnson is the single shot. Potentially even being, you know, limited to things like space because like people buy things like needles and other supplies, but assuming that we can get all of those, he thinks it's possible. There are 95 designated COVID-19 vaccination clinics across the country. Many of those clinics have different capacities, like I said, usually based around each province and territory, size, and population. And in Quebec, for an example, it's 18 clinics are currently vaccinating just under 32,000 people per day. Meanwhile, British Columbia which operates 16 vaccine clinics, has the capacity to administer shots to around 13,000 people per day. Now, Canada is expected to shift into high gear coming this week with nearly 1.2 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine, 846,000 Moderna doses are expected to arrive. The ship has marked the largest vaccine delivery for the federal government since the start of its immunization campaign in mid-December. Now, the news many provinces will be ramping up capacity as more vaccines are supplied here in Ontario, for an example, has so far been able to vaccinate upwards of 60,000 people per day. But he says the province has a much higher capacity. We've peaked in the 60,000 or or so vaccines administered per day recently, and yet we still have the capacity to do over 100,000 a day here in the province of Ontario. We're not even close to meeting that capacity that we're able to do in the province. So, what's the holdup? If we're getting all these vaccines coming in this week and stuff like that, what is the holdup? Part of it, like like they said, is not getting the the, the pharmacies on board. So the pharmacist can administer the vaccine if you wanna get one. We don't expect to be staying around the $60,000 a day. We are fully expected to be going up higher, but that's really just depends on getting the vaccine supply that would allow us to do that. So we need a whole lot more vaccines than what we're receiving at this point in time, but we also have to look at the logistics of this. When they have made the supply enough, the packaging, the shipping, the arrival dates, and then the transportation, the storage, and then eventually these needles going into the arms of Canadians. Now, throughout, um, well, just up before Christmas time, um, cities like uh, Toronto, uh, Mississauga, Brampton, they were put into lockdown on November the 23rd and they are still in the gray lockdown. And this is March the 28th. Now they have lifted some restrictions. They're allowing restaurants to have their patios open. No indoor dining, that sort of thing. Different regions around Ontario, depending on their cases, are a label are able to have their non essential businesses open with indoor dining in patio, movie theaters, hair salons, you know, any of the non essential services that were disrupted. But our numbers are going. in cases. Now here in the city of London, uh, from around the 15th of March, it was discovered that university students here in the city off campus partying, it started with 20 cases of students getting COVID-19 and within five days it jumped to 50. Now, just recently, in the last couple of days, they've had an outbreak on campus. People going, moving from dorm to dorm, visiting each other, not social distancing, not wearing a mask. Doing things they're not supposed to be doing. And the frustration is beyond its peak as we're trying to get ourselves out of this. And like I said, from time and time here on my show, doesn't matter if you're 19, doesn't matter if you're 25, 30, 35, 40, and so on, up, up the age. If you're not going to follow the rules and you're gonna be careless and you're gonna take these risks, potentially you're gonna get COVID-19. I consider myself very lucky because I have not contracted COVID-19. Our, our, our numbers here in Ontario soon are going to be pushing over 400,000 cases just in this province and the majority of the cases are coming from the city of Toronto, Mississauga, in the Peel regions, Brampton and so on, but that's where most of them are coming from, highly populated areas. It's a community spread virus. But if we want to get as many people, or looking at even seventy-eight percent of the population, vaccined, it's gonna be half it's gonna have to be four hundred thousand shots per day. In my personal opinion, I don't think we're even going to see that. The timeline with the rate we're going. Just doesn't add up. We'll be looking November, December. And here in the city of London, the health unit the The medical officer of the health unit is even talking about moving the city of London out of the orange control into the red restrict. And that number, that means that, you know, bars and restaurants that are open right now, that capacity would be like down to only when it goes into the red restricted only be like 10 people only allowed to be in the bar or restaurant whereas we're up to 50 to 100 maximum if we go into the gray lockdown all non essential services again will be shuttered now he's talking maybe a week given it maybe two weeks potentially it could happen before easter because the numbers in the city are not good frustration is mounting not just just individuals businesses, Canada so far this year or the, from the year in in one year from the start of the pandemic till now has lost over 10,000 small business because of this pandemic. Going in, uh, in and out of lockdown. And even as cases are increasing, the Premier of Ontario is lifting restrictions. And how is that, how is that working? Only to maybe potentially come back and say, oops, we moved too fast. Now we're going to have to move certain areas. Back into the red restrict or even possible the gray lockdown. Just when we think that. It's we're starting to re allowing the non essential businesses to open. It's almost like giving them kind of like a false hood. And then. Say, well, we're sorry, you know, we have to lock down again. Employees, people who are trying just to get back into the swing of things, start earning some money and hopes that, you know, we can just keep moving forward. And then these small businesses only to have their door shuttered again. Pressure is mounting on people. Mental health is in a decline. Because of the lockdowns, economically, it's devastating for a lot of people. And it's frustrating for a lot of people. And what really frustrates me also is when I see people and they are gathered in large groups of hundreds of people protesting these rules, not wearing a mask, not social distancing, and not just risking themselves but putting the general public at risk. And of course, their own family members. Because ladies and gentlemen, we don't know who in the population is asymptomatic, Meaning that they have the virus, but show no symptoms and can spread it. And that could be any one of us, it could be amongst us. And it's frustrating to see these protests like this. I mean, there's no law saying you can't protest, but there is a law right now saying you cannot gather in large groups. And it is the people, in my personal opinion, that just don't care about themselves or anybody else. We have pastors who blatantly disregard the rules. I have not seen a Presbyterian church, a United church or Catholic church or a Greek Orthodox church open up and break these rules. It's these small town churches of God or whoever Blatantly disregarding the rules and trying to use the freedom of uh, of um, the you know the, the freedom of of religion only to just I mean. If they were a a pastor and, and and like a like a minister or a priest, you know, they'd be following the rules like everybody else. It's almost like they operate as a cult. I watched a little bit of a story um yesterday evening, you know, and they were talking to ex-members of these churches. And they were never so happy to get out of it because you don't control your life. They control your life. This pastor here in this area has been charged. He's up on His oldest son is up on assault charges for... Assaulting an 80 year old man. Just because he was going around putting signs out, please wear a mask. And you call yourselves church going folks. Absolutely ridiculous. it won't be the first time ladies and gentlemen it won't be the last time when we see people blatantly disregarding the rules and we wonder why these these numbers keep increasing and we wonder why then the health units turn around and say oh now we got to go back into lockdown You know, generally this, this time of year, or maybe even about a week ago, the kids in the schools here in Ontario would have been on their March break. The March break was postponed until after Easter. And the reason behind that was to prevent people from traveling, not just here throughout Canada, but even potentially flying somewhere to a sun destination, but that was another problem they would have been facing because the airlines agreed with the government that they would suspend flights to these sunny destinations until the end of April, but families You know, we're trying to make, um, you know, vacation time in Whistler, B.C. to go skiing and to have that March break postponed from its regular scheduled time until after Easter, it put a damper on their plans and they became, you know, frustrated, upset, you know. That they had to cancel their trips when we shouldn't even be really traveling across the country you know travel advisories is a travel advisory really don't do it yes we've been cooped up in our homes and our backyards and just staying with family members It's been crazy, it's been difficult. But, how do we stop the spread of this virus? Now Easter is coming next week. How many families out there are gonna get together? Yes, we can have so many more people in our households, but how many people are really gonna do it? I know my family's not. We're not going to gather for Easter. We'll wait until next Easter, you know, to do those kind of things, next Christmas to do those kind of things, if we're in that position to do that. So. The March break is April's break, and yes, we did have a really nice start to spring, that we haven't had such a really nice start to spring in a very long time, you know, with things slowly starting to open up, more people are getting out, getting fresh air, doing whatever you need to do to get things done. I basically stay away from the malls during the weekend, since they're allowed to be opened up. I don't work Monday, so Monday is a good day for me to do that because it's not quite as busy. I don't have to be dodging people, bumping into people, you know, and just trying to keep my distance from human beings doing the best I can yes I need to go do things I need to get out and get stuff but picking picking my days and picking my times because it certainly isn't like it used to be You didn't have that fear pre-pandemic. You didn't care how busy the malls were, you know, for holidays like Easter coming up and, you know, Christmas shopping and everything, traffic is absolutely crazy, malls are jam-packed. There was no fear. Now there is. It's amazing when you're walking somewhere And people practically cross the street just to keep their distance from one another. And if we're standing in line, we're looking around and making sure that, you know, you're six feet away from somebody and the person standing behind you is six feet behind you. It sounds crazy, but it's that's what's that's what's going on. And if someone isn't six feet, and you're measuring yourself up to six feet, and you say, "Hey, buddy, you ain't six feet away from me. Back up." Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. So you know, I was out here, you know, talking about um, um, how long you know it's going to take Canada to hit its its target of, of vaccinating, most if not all, by September. And the targets that they're gonna be need to be um, hitting in order to do that. And also looking at the potential of moving regions um, back to, you know, different uh, uh, color zones as we're using, as as we're using uh, in our Ontario Reopening Act. And potentially, like I was saying here, you know, here in the City of London, potentially, you know, I can mean we're in the orange control, so that means anywhere's up to 100 people can be in bars and restaurants, movie theaters are open. All the non-essential services are all open. But then we could potentially be moved back into the red restrict which now only means 10 people could be in a bar and a restaurant. Non-essential services will be very limited to how many people you could have to a couple of customers at a time. The, the gray is locked down. And that means that all non-essential services that have been given the opportunity at this point in time to reopen would only now just be shuttered once again, and we're in this precarious situation. Of which way our health unit and our our top medical doctor here in the city, you know, which way is he going to go? How long is he going to let this go on, as these cases keep increasing? He's talking a week. He's talking maybe two weeks down the road. Uh, so, and then that's frustrating for for um, small businesses owners who are non-essential services. That's frustrating for them. It's frustrating for their employees. You know, being left held hanging in the balance of not knowing really when this is going to take place. Because we would like them to be more transparent. You know, being saying, okay, you know what, as of such and such a day, we are going to move into the red restrict. Well, I mean the small business will, you know, be able to stay open, the rest bars will be stay be able to stay open, hopefully, and it would be worth their while to do so because then they're only going to be allowed to have ten patrons in the bar or restaurant. You now that's a significant drop of having, you know, fifty to hundred people. Or tip the scale the other way and say, okay, well, no, it's gotta be the great lockdown. And then they have to shut out their doors. Flip flopping back and forth, open, close, open, close, open, close. Can be very, very. Fatal for these businesses. And these employees could end up to being a permanent closure of more bars and restaurants in small business across this country. I hope you know in you know coming in the in the in the next week, you know like I said with Easter that people, Don't have these large family gatherings. Yes, we can have up to I think it's like 20 people or or something like that in our households right now, because we're in the orange control and we can have up to 25 people in our backyards, but we can't have both at the same time. But I'm hoping even though that we are allowed to have a certain amount of people, I'm really hoping that you don't have that Easter family gathering. Because we really don't want to to invite COVID into our homes. That's what we don't want to do. And like I said, with the university students living on campus, two of those residents that they stay in have an outbreak. And then we've had the off-campus parties that wound up with 2021 infected and within days it jumped to 50. And now, again, with the university students on campus, in residence, we have an outbreak. So we don't want that outbreak to happen in our in our households. I don't know what else to say, what else to do. You know, I, I've been out here and I've pleaded with people and say, please. You know, do your part. Follow the rules out there. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. It's going to take all of us to get out of this mess. So please, ladies and gentlemen, please be responsible wherever you live around the world. Please be responsible. Mm this is the truckers podcast i'm your host doug from ontario canada enjoy the rest of your sunday ladies and gentlemen and the upcoming week i hope you can join me tomorrow morning for the truckers podcast morning show coffee with you at 10 a.m be safe everybody and thank you